We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Thursday, April 13th, and we'll be answering your questions that, that I always take via email. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. Put the little banner on the bottom there, so I could, if I could find it somewhere. Somewhere, there you go. I think. I think that's it. Yeah, email them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. That's what I cover here on the show. So if you have any questions about MLB, DFS, DFS in general, sports betting, prop betting, uh, anything, bankroll management, contest selection, anything that makes that you want to make yourself a long-term profitable DFS player, advantage, sports better, or whatever you want. Games, games just like, you know, the, the, the fantasy prop games, anything, anything like that, uh, just email them in, right? If you have any questions about the lineup HQ tools, anything here at Roto Grinders, even my tools uh, for the theory of D- DFS, right? Because I have the, the fundamentals masterclass. I have, uh, well, I don't know why it's not loading, right? I guess slow internet connection, right? Theory of DFS.com. I got Excel tools over there. Oh, there we go. There we go. There it's loading. Okay. A little, little, little quip in the internet, right? I got custom Excel tools in the advanced players course. If you want to have any questions, learn how to use those as well. I mean, you're going to need, you're going to need a lineup builder anyway. You're going to need, you know, some type of optimizer, right? Lineup builder tool. I use the one here at Roto-Grinders, lineup HQ. 
I use uh, the bat projections for for MLB, but you could use any projection source you want. You could obviously aggregate them in Lineup HQ. You don't even need Excel for it, which is beautiful. So if you got any questions, email them in. That's what I cover here on the show. I will be probably answering the question today. It serves the content, right? If you want the if you if you want the more structured viewpoint, structured learning, covering everything, just get the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, theoryofdfs.com. Between the two courses, 21 hours of audio, as well as the custom Excel tools in the advanced players course. Uh, and you just go through that at, at your leisure. Listen to it over and over again, right? Let the concept cement in your head. Or you can just tune into the show and we just cover stuff here and there. And as people ask questions, that's fine. Good morning to the to the chat. Feel free to type in whatever you want in the chat. Wataz is here. Suki Singh. Defic. Slim, Slim Scully. Bart B, real life picture. Eric Brunick's here. Apparently, Wat Wat Wataz binked the Minimax last night. I guess. Congratulations. Last night, I didn't. I didn't play the last night slate. I played yesterday. I played the day slate, but not not the not the night slate. Actually, actually, actually made actually made money in props, even though I missed the two biggest ones, Stroman and Flaherty. They, I had the I had their unders. They went over, but I like hit everything else pretty much. So uh, actually, actually, I ended up with a profit, even though you know I had I had, I had much more on the on the Stroman and Flaherty props. But Urkaidi, Kaidi hit, and uh, and Giolito's over hit, uh, a bunch of other stuff, right? Jameson's under hit, right? I, I had a whole bunch of the hitting props for the Cardinals. They 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 all hit. Goldie finally got that RBI in the ninth inning. That that definitely helped. So uh, I I play on Prize Picks and Underdog. That is until Kentucky. Uh, Finally gets their sports betting stuff set up. So if you have any good questions about that, feel free. Send them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. Programming note tomorrow. I know normally on Fridays I cover MMA, but tomorrow I got a dentist appointment. So I, there's no show tomorrow. But I will be on Crunch Time. We now have a an MMA UFC Crunch Time show, which is a 45 minutes before Slate Lock. So that's Saturday. So if you want my thoughts and strategies and everything for, for the MMA slate, on Saturday, just tune in, tune in then to like five fifteen or something, whatever, whatever. I don't, I don't know what the start time is, but whatever, forty five minutes. You'll see the thumbnail. You'll see it on YouTube if you subscribe. Hit the like button. Hit the thummy thumbs. You'll see it there. Big edge, big edge. There's going to be a big edge, big edge. One of the biggest edge cards we have. It's one of my f- favorite types of cards in MMA, where uh, you know the they always do the pricing based on the money lines and the money lines of these fights most. Pretty much all the fights are are close fights, right? So you got a $9,600 fighter that's only like a minus 220 favorite. So the biggest edge here is that most likely, like it's much, much more likely that the nut lineup leaves leaves salary on the table because the fights, we don't have like guys that are minus 600 or anything. So big edge, big edge if you want to play. I'm going to be playing mostly large field uh, GPPs on Saturday for that reason because... People tend to, oh, I got to spend most of my salary. It's like, I don't know if that's this is the type of slate for it, right? A lot sometimes it is the type of slate. Sometimes the spreads on the fights are so wide that it's unlikely that we see more than two underdogs win. And this slate coming up, I mean, the underdogs aren't really that big underdogs, right? You like you got you got like you got sixty nine hundred dollar fighters that are only like plus one eighty, right? That have you know wrestling upside or something like that. It's it's it's, it's quite easy. It's quite easy for five, five or six underdogs to win and also score a lot of points. So 
Uh, so tune in for that. Or you can get, obviously, uh, the breakdowns of all the fights. Uh, they'll be recording that. Mike and Liam will be recording that later tonight. That'll be up tomorrow with the expert survey, with the projections, with everything. So if you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, you'll get that. Combo premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Brock Erickson's back for more theories. More theories! More game theory when it comes to DFS, right? So the key is to just understand the game theory concepts. Once you understand the game theory concepts of DFS, and you have some way of turning player names into numbers, that's it, that's it. Build your lineups. Build the plus EV lineups, and uh, especially if you're playing GPP, the variance is really high, and just manage your bankroll that you can survive the variance, and and you, you should be profitable in the long run, in the long run. But remember, the large field GPPs, like your goal is to like win one a year, right? You win one for 50K or 100K, that, that's it. Just build lineups that have a chance at that. A lot of people don't build lineups that have a chance at that. 20, 25% of the field don't. And that's where the money comes from. So today, what I wanted to talk about, I mentioned it a little bit on Tuesday's show about exposures, right? A lot of people ask that. It's like, what should my exposures be, right? They, t- they start talking about essentially an optimizer, a lineup builder, like lineup HQ of like, well, how much of Chris Bassett do I want today? How much of Spencer Turnbull do I want? Do I want, I'm not getting enough of this guy. Do I get, do I bump him up? Do I, how, what, how do I cap stacks? Do I, should I only have 10% of this stack or something like that? Or, or, oh, this stack is going to be 5% owned. So I'm going to have three times the field. I'm going to have 15% of it, right? And they think that this is what they're doing is strategy. But exposures have nothing to do with strategy. Exposures only represent the diversification of your portfolio of lineups. It doesn't mean that any of the lineups are positive expected value. It doesn't mean that. It just means that, yeah, in these 100 lineups that you built or 20 lineups that you built or whatever amount of lineups that you built, 50% of your lineups have that player in it. Do any of those 50% of lineups, are they plus EV? I mean, lineup HQ doesn't know. Just knows that, yeah. Yeah, you built, I built you. Like, if you put in 50%, I want a minimum of 50% Chris Bassett. Just going to go, okay, I'm just going to keep on building. I'm going to I'm gonna make sure to build half. If it, you build, if I build four lineups, I'm going to make sure that at least two of them have Chris Bassett in it. Are they good lineups? <laughs> Screw if I know. I don't know. Lineup HQ doesn't have any thoughts. Right, just like okay, I'm just going to build lineups, right? And the way that a lineup builder works, an optimizer works, all it is is a knapsack problem solver. That's all it is. It's not picking players. It's not doing anything. It's taking this FPTS fantasy point column and solving a knapsack problem, which is basically how do I fit as many of these the points in this column into one lineup given the positional and and uh, and salary constraints. That's it. Right. So if I if I take off any type of any type of setting, anything at all, it's just gonna build like the top like four. If I put in four here with no with no settings and no nothing, all it's gonna do is like, okay, find me, right? Build me the lineup that has the most amount of these, this column number in it. And then after the first one you do, find the second best one, the second highest one. That's all it's gonna and then the third highest, and then the fourth. It's just gonna keep on doing that until it hits a constraint. Until it hits a, uh, well, uh, I need to build four lineups, but I could only have at most 50% of Chris Bassett. So it's like it'll build one, it'll build two, and then it'll go, oh, I can't use Chris Bassett anymore, and then build the next, the highest 
fantasy point lineup, median fantasy point lineup that doesn't have Chris Bassett in it. And then the second one that doesn't have Chris Bassett in it. That's all it does, right? Once you start adding more settings and like, well, you have to have five players from one team. So it's like, okay, I'm going to build the top possible lineup in fan and median fantasy points. And then it looks and it goes, well, it, it doesn't have five players from one team. So it just skips it. Then it goes to the next one and it skips that. It keeps on going until it gets the one that the highest lineup that has five guys from one team. Like that, that's all it does. It starts hitting constraint. Is that maybe that lineup is 48 8? And you set a minimum of 49 7 for whatever reason. I mean, you can set it to whatever. Well, it's going to skip that lineup. It's going to go. It's like, oh, it's a 48. It's not a, it not has, doesn't have a minimum salary of 49 7. So it just, it won't, it'll pass by that lineup. Right. So all it's doing is going, I'm trying to fill na- a knapsack of fantasy points, median fantasy points. That's what projections are right in this column until it hits constraints. Now, the downside of that is that you get an issue called clumping, okay? The optimizer, the the lineup builder, all it's trying to do is adhere to your rules, right? Not build plus EV lineups, just build, just adhere to your rules. So it's going to adhere to your rules the easiest way it can by doing that exact thing of like, I'm just going to build the best possible lineup right? The highest fantasy point, median fantasy point lineup until I hit a constraint. So let's say, for instance, right, you have, you're building four line, foreign lineups, right, in the build. I'm using small numbers, I mean, just, just for simplicity's sake, just to show you. So a lot of times people will be like, hmm, I don't want more than 50% Chris Bassett. I don't want more than 50% Nick Lodolo, right? The, the, currently the two best projected pitchers, highest projected fantasy point Median fantasy point pitchers on the slate as of the current projections for today, right? Like, I don't want more than 50% of them, okay? People do this, and they go, okay, well, I'm then what they're expecting is that, well, I'll get a mix of Bassett and Lodolo, right, in four lineups. What they don't realize is that most likely, if I do this in four lineups, I'm going to get a Bassett-Lodolo lineup and then another Bassett Lodolo lineup, and then two lineups that don't have Bassett or Lodolo at all, right? I'll press the build button right now for four lineups. Here, Bassett Lodolo, Bassett Lodolo, and then Brito Montgomery, right? You're getting 50% of Bassett and Lodolo. You are in your portfolio, right? We go by pitcher, right? Oh, you got 50%. You got 50% of Bassett and Lolo, but in all of those lineups, they're together because it's like, well, what's the best possible lineup I could build? Oh, there you go. You go, what's the next best lineup? Okay, there you go. Okay, now I can't use Bassett and Lodolo anymore. So these two these two lineups up here, the first two lineups project for 108, 108, like very close to each other, right? And then the, these two lineups underneath it are 103 and 103, right? Like you're not getting four lineups that are at like 106 because it uses one of Bassett and one of Lodolo. You're not getting that because you just put in, but it 50% and showing you 50%. Right. Let's say, for instance, it's like, okay, I don't want more than 50% of Bassett and Lodolo, but I want to play 50% of Velasquez and Bryce Wilson, the two worst projected pitchers. Right. Like, okay, I'm going to take a shot on these really low owned pitchers that are horrible and cost very little and probably, probably aren't very good. Right. Don't project well. Right. And you go, okay, well, I want to play 50% of those. I don't, I want to play a max of 50% of Bassett and Lodolo. Now, the proper way to build these lineups would probably be to play one of Bassett or Lotto or one of Velasquez or Wilson. Why? 
Because Velasquez and Wilson's projections are so low that you probably need to boost them up with, you know, projection other parts of your lineup. Right? Why would you play two, like, 3% owned pitchers together on this the one, two, three, five, you know, five-game slate or whatever, right? The projection of these two lines, if, if you play Velasquez and Wilson together, the projections of those lineups are going to be very low. But all you're telling the builder is, I want 50% of Velasquez and 50% of Wilson. I don't want more than 50% of Bassett and 50% of Lodola. Okay, so I'm going to press the build button on four lineups, and look what and look what you get. Right, you get a you get Montgomery Bassett, Velasquez Lodolo, Wilson Lodolo, Wilson Velasquez. You get this lineup at the bottom that has both of these guys in it. Eighty-five point projection, which is like way lower than these other lineups, and the ownership is pretty high also because you're using some of these Reds and the Brewers that are that are higher projected. Like you're getting a clumping issue, right? Your exposures for what you want look fine. But the individual lineups that you're playing, like this this first lineup may be way too high owned. Look, you have like every everyone is double digit owned in this lineup. Of course, obviously you're not even stacking. Right? I mean, that let's get behind the fact that none of these lineups are good for GPP because you know, like you're pretty you're pretty much playing cash lineups, pseudo cash lineups. But here you go. It's like, okay, this this lineup is probably a negative EV lineup, and the bottom lineup is probably a negative EV lineup because you're giving up way too much projection. Yet the exposures are exactly what you want. Oh, look, it's exactly what I want. From an expo- because it represents what your lineups look like in a portfolio, but not what they what exactly look like. Just the, they just count numbers. So even if I did, like, let's say I did 50, I, I purposely put minimum of 50 on Bassett and Lodolo, right? 50 on Bassett and Lodolo, 50 on Bassett and Lodolo, and then 50 on Velasquez and Wilson, and ran four lineups. Bassett, Lodolo in the first one, Bassett, Lodolo in the second one, and then Velasquez, Velasquez, Lodolo, Velasquez, Lodolo, and Wilson, Velasquez, right here, Right? We got we got that in okay, right? It couldn't even make the the other Wilson lineup. Look at this lineup. We still get this eighty five point projected lineup, and this includes like chalkier players in the hit in the hitter spots, right? And never mind the fact that all these lineups are bad because you're not even stacking in these, right? So let's say you're not like let's say I put in all of my exposures and didn't set up stacks, and it's all like one offs and two offs and stuff like that. Those are pretty bad. Those are pretty bad lineups for GPPs, right? Right. You're probably going to take advantage of correlation. You're giving up too much, too much in, in ceiling projection by not stacking in some regard. But your exposures look perfectly fine. Oh, it's a, oh, I want twenty percent of this. Oh, I want ten percent of that. I don't want more than forty percent. of like like, dude, none of that matters. All it is is describing a portfolio of lineups. Not that the lineups are good or the lineups are bad. Right. So let's say we continue with this and let's go. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to do the stacks. Right. I'm going to do hundred percent five X five band stacks. Right. And, uh, and uh, I bear, I, I, I don't want uh, Cincinnati is going to be popular. So I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to X out Cincinnati. Right. I'm going to X out Cincinnati. So I don't want to play them. Right. The Brewers are going to be popular. So, but I, I maybe, maybe I want a little bit of the Brewers. I'm just, okay, maybe I want a max of 20% Brewers, right? Right, I max it out at 20%, right? Maybe I don't want more than 20% Toronto, 
right? I X out Cincinnati as a stack, right? And then I'm like, okay, let me make four lineups now with those same exposures with the pitchers, right? Two good pitchers and two really bad pitchers, right? So I put this in. Here's a Brewers lineup, what 108 with Bassett and Lodolo. Here's a Bassett Lodolo lineup at 106 with the Blue Jays. Then we go here and they go, oh, here's a Yankees lineup with 90, 95 points with Velasquez and Lodolo. And here's one at 93 points with Wilson and Lodolo and the Cardinals. Like, look at the dramatic difference in fantasy points between these four lineups. You get a clump, right? You start getting these clumps at the top and the bottom because what the builder is going to do is go, how do I solve this knapsack problem and fit as many fantasy points in until I hit a constraint? So the first bunch of lineups aren't going to hit the constraints. They're going to be like, okay, well, I could have 50% of these guys. So, okay, they're the best They're the best fantasy point per dollar plays on for, for pitcher. So it's just jamming this in. What are the what are the best plays? Quote, unquote, best play. They're jamming this in. Oh, well, I can only have 20% of this guy. Okay, so I got to stop using that guy. And then I got to stop using this guy. Then I got to stop using that stack. Then I got to stop using this thing. And I got to I got to make sure that it's at least this thing. And, and and I have to have at least three unique players. So I can't play this lineup and play, and it just keep on going. And next thing you know, you know, it, it's it's building. You got you built 20 lineups and you have like five that your top five lineups are just like way too chalky. Right. Because it's, it's just jamming in the best fantasy point plays. Right. Until it hits a constraint. And then your bottom are like, well, well, shit. Like I've already used fifty percent of this guy. I've already I've already done a max of ten percent of that guy. So I got to find what's the what's the highest fantasy point median lineup that I could make now. And then it drops. It starts dropping and dropping and dropping. And you may see the bottom. Like you you build twenty lineups, you may see the bottom five lineups and be like, wow, why are all the play like like all the players that I have at like fifty percent are all together with each other? Right. And all the players that that I only want 10 percent of are all together with each other. Right. And in your mind, you're like, no, no, I want a nice mix of like 50 percent of this and 10 percent like that guy with this guy and this guy with that guy and that guy. That That's not what exposures do. Exposures don't do that. Right. So setting in terms of like, oh, I want to have twice the field. Right. You may you may today you may go, you know, in lineup HQ and you go, you go OK, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. This is what people do. Right. I'll show you exactly what people do. Right. They go into stacks. They go, okay, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play five, I'm gonna play just five man stacks or whatever. We're not gonna deal with secondary stacks. Right. They're gonna go in here. They're gonna go into their 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 stacks page, right? They're gonna look and they're gonna devise something of like, oh well, Cincinnati is 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 too they're gonna build 20 lineups, right? Let's let's put in 20 lineups, right? They're playing 20 max or something, right? They're gonna go in, they're gonna go, okay, I want I wanna play. I want to play, uh, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to play Cincinnati stacks at all, right? I want to play uh, 10% of Philadelphia. I want to play 10% of, of, uh, of the Yankees, which is essentially two lineups, right? I want to play, I think Toronto's under own. I'm going to play 40% of that. I'm going to play, uh, I'm going to play the 10% Cardinals, right? I'm going to, I'm going to be over the field. I want to be under the field on Milwaukee, right? Right. Milwaukee may be 25% owned. I'm going to, I'm going to just have 15% of them. Right. Toronto is going to be, I think, under own. So I'm going to play more of that. Like, this is what they think. Right. So they start putting this stuff in. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe give me, give me, you know, 5% of this, but at max, a max of one lineup at Detroit. Right. I, I try to equal like 100% or so. Right. So maybe get 15% of Cincinnati. You know, they'll, they'll just start putting this stuff in. 
right? I just, just don't want Cincinnati. I just don't want the Reds, right? And then maybe, okay, I, I don't mind one lineup with Pittsburgh. I don't mind one lineup with, with San Diego, right, as a max, something like that, right? But I want a lot of Toronto, right? Because I think they're under on whatever reason, whatever strategic reason or anything like that. You just want to see that many. You want to have that many lineups in your portfolio for whatever reason. Doesn't mean they're good lineups. It just means that that's what you're thinking, right? So you're putting this in. Right. And then you go to pitchers and right. You go to pitchers and you get like, okay, well, like Bassett and Lodolo are going to be in Montgomery going to be high owned. So it's like, okay, Bassett's going to be 37% owned, but, uh, but I actually think he's under owned for 37. So I, I want, I, I want, I want a minimum, right. I want a max of, of 60 and I want a minimum of, of, of 50, right. 50 to 60, right. Lodolo is like, okay, Lodolo against Philadelphia. Okay. I think he's over owned. I'll be, I'll be, twice under the field, right? He's about 50% owned. I'll take 25% max, right? Montgomery's going to be 41% owned. I'll be under the field. I'll be double under the field, 20% max, right? They go to like Johnny Breeda. It's like, okay, I don't mind these guys, right? They do something like this, right? They start thinking in terms of like under the field and over the field, right? I want at least, I want at least 50% of Bassett and I don't care. I'll, I don't mind playing all the Bassett, right? Well, as ever, much as I can, right? Whatever. This is what they'll do. They'll go in. They'll look at that, and then they maybe they go to they go to hitters, and they and then for whatever reason they have uh, you know some prom predilection of like like I, I want to make sure that I have uh, Aaron Judge in twenty percent of my lineups or something like that, right? Or they look at the ownership or something, and they go like uh, like oh well uh, well well Spencer Steer is going to be way too high owned at third base, so I want no more than ten percent of him, right? Oh, Contreras is going to be high owned at catcher. I'll I'll play. Uh, I want to be I want to be doubled twice under the field on Contreras, right? And they start put, pushing the stuff in, right? I don't mind I don't mind the Blue Jays, right? Or maybe for whatever reason you want to play more of the Blue, okay, right? So you get all of this stuff in, and then it's just like okay, but I want to make sure that I have Aaron Judge as a one off, just for some odd reason, or maybe you don't. Maybe you want to have none of them. Maybe X them out. Who knows? But they just have this mentality of like, oh, well, he's seventeen percent owned. Well, I want to have double the field, right? I want double the field. 35%. I want at least 35% of Aaron Judge because I have a feeling he's going to hit a home run or something. Someone called it. I, I read somewhere that someone loves him for a home run. Who knows? Right? So they put all this stuff in. Right? They go to build rules. Right? They go, I don't know what half this stuff means. Right? Well, I don't want to have a 30,000 salary lineup. I want to have at least a, a 49.5 lineup, which probably doesn't matter. Right? So they start putting that in. Right? Number of unique players. I heard that like you want a little bit more diversity. In your lineup, so like, like I'm, I'm gonna do three unique players. I don't know what this does, right? Like that they're thinking there. I don't, I don't really know what this does, right? But uh, I heard I someone said three is good, right? Because they're thinking about magic settings, right? Not what lineups they're building. It's like, do I want randomness? I don't even know what randomness does, right? What is running exposure percentage? I don't know what this does, but this looks about good or whatever. I'm just kind of, you know, I just put, but I put in my exposures, and that's the most important thing. I put in my exposure. I want this much of the field of that and that less of the field of this. I don't want any, and, they, and that's what they'll do. And they'll build 20 lineups. I'll press 20 lineups and do that, right? It'll, it'll build 20 lineups, right? The first lineup we get is, uh, you know, a Brewer's stack with Bassett and Lodolo. Let's get rid of these other builds, right? So here, so if you take a look at your exposure, like, you don't, people would not even look at the lineups now. I know people that don't even look at the lineups. They just look at the exposure and they go, okay, I got it. I lock buttoned uh, essentially Bassett, right? 
And I got, oh, I got, I got way more Johnny Brito. Okay, that's that's fine, right? That they'll, they'll take a look at their pitchers, right? It's like, look, I'm under the field in Lodolo and Montgomery as as I wanted to be, right? You take a look at uh, at the hitters. You go, okay, where's Aaron? Jo- I got forty percent Aaron Judge and eight lineups. Okay, that's beautiful, right? I capped Jordan Montgomery. I capped you know Wilson Contreras is only in two lineups. Spencer Steer is only in two lineups, just as I asked. Right. And it's doing exactly what what it is that you're doing. You're looking like, okay, okay, these are the lineups that I'm gonna play. You look at the stack summaries, okay. I got eight Toronto stacks, Milwaukee three, St. Louis three. I got okay, I got all of these, and this is okay. I'm good, right? I I I I I'm the best DFS player. Let's start and let I'm gonna just CSV upload these lineups and because my exposures look good. My exposures look really good. But then they don't look at the actual lineups. And let's take a look at the actual lineups. This first lineup essentially is like the chalkiest of chalk lineup. 191 ownership, right? You got Bassett and Lodolo. You got a Milwaukee stack, which is one of the more popular ones. One of the more popular one-offs in Contreras, Varsho, and O'Neal, right? Because for the knapsack problem, it's like it made this first lineup and said, okay, it adheres to everything. Then it goes to the next lineup and it goes, okay. You take a look at the next lineup, it looks almost like the first lineup. Bassett, Lodolo, Brewer stack. Yeah, it has Weimer in it instead of Brian Anderson. And this one has this one it put in Spencer Steer, who is going to be chalk, right? In this lineup. And Aaron Judge, who's chalk. Like this lineup is also like too chalky, right? I don't know. Two, it, it's it's chalky. Whether or not it's way too chalky, that I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that, but still, it's like you're looking at these lineups and you're like, oh, this is like, yeah, I didn't mind Spencer steering 10% of my lineups, but like, why is it in like the chalkiest of lineups? It's like, but that's, the lineup builder doesn't know. All it's doing is giving you 10% of Spencer steer. This is the highest possible median fantasy point lineup it can build with a five-man stack with your constraints and everything that you put in. And it's it is viable because your exposures are all it, it adhered to all of your exposures also, right? Then you go to the next lineup, and it's another one hundred and seven lineup. Here's a spe- Bassett, Lodolo, Brewers, Steer, Varsho, Judge, Bassett, Lodolo, Brewers, Steer, <laughs> a Judge. Here's here's Varsho and a Bassett, Lodolo, Brewers, Varsho. Like like, dude, these three lineups are virtually this. Yeah, they're they're three unique players of each other, right? So essentially, there's they, they're seven. They're sharing seven of the same players, right? So it's like these lineups are like way chalky and all kind of look alike. Then you get to the the fourth lineup. You still get Bassett Lodolo as a combination again, and you get a Brewers stack, right? With William Contreras. Okay, this is a 104 lineup at 193. So it's like it's actually we see here that the ownership stays kind of the same. And you drop and you drop like three three points of projection, like this lineup isn't even as good as the lineups above it, from an ownership standpoint. And then you go to the next one, and the same thing: oh, 190% ownership. Yeah, this one has Montgomery in it, but it's also playing O'Neill and Varsho together, right? 103 points. Here's one that's at 190, right? 102. Like, dude, you're not even dropping. Like, you're dropping projection, and you're barely dropping ownership because you're playing very similar players together with each other, right? Because that's what the, that's what the lineup builder does. That's what an optimizer does. How do I jam in as many median fantasy points on the lineup, given your constraints, 
right? So you're getting this. You're getting a, he's 185 at 102. So you're not really going down that far in ownership. Like these lineups are just like, like way too chalky, way too combinatorically owned. Now we're starting to get down. Now here we go. 150, 100 at 158. Here's a Blue Jay stack with Yelich, Adamas, Soto. It's still, I mean, it's still fairly, fairly high owned. But now we're getting a little bit better. This would, this would be more of the types of lineups that you would have expected to come out, right? It's like, okay, you're getting a different pitcher, right? You're getting a slightly different stack, but it's still, it's still kind of chalky, right? Here's another one. Here's a Blue Jay stack with O'Neal, Soto, Stevenson, Bree. I mean, it's still look. Look, there's only one player that's under under 10% uh, projected owned. Ninth, This is the ninth lineup. Tenth lineup. Now we're getting down to San Diego stacks. But the San Diego stacks have Varsho, Bassett. I mean, 100-point projection. And it's, it's still at a decent amount of ownership, right? So then you go down again. Here's a Phillies lineup, right? You still got Bass. You got Judge in this lineup. You still got Reds. You still got Brewers in here, right? You go down, but now let's, let's go all the way down to the bottom. We go all the way down to the bottom, and look, this lineup is like way lower projected. Like here's the Pirates, Pirates with because you have Bassett in every lineup, Brito, Real Muto, India. Like this Pirates lineup would be much better with like Spencer Steer in it. Why? Because the Pirates don't project very well, and they're low owned, right? So you don't really mind having Steer, who will boost this, this lineup's projection. Right, you don't mind. You don't mind having Lodolo in this lineup, but the lineup builder is already exhausted. You said you don't want more than fifty percent of someone. So by the time it gets to this, it's not going to give you. It's not going to give you Lodolo. We see here. Here's a Yankees lineup at ninety-seven. Right, Rugnet Odor and Willie Adamas is one-offs. Right, the Yankee stack is fine. It's lower owned than it probably should be, but like, why? Why is it playing like Rugnet Odor instead of like? a better second baseman because that would be more beneficial to this lineup. It doesn't know. All it's doing is trying to adhere to your exposures. So you take a look at these lineups and it's like out of these 20 lineups, if you were to play the 20 max, maybe out of these 20 lineups, half of them aren't even plus half of them are bad, right? It's these top ones, right? You probably like, that's a probably a probably negative EV based on just combinatorial ownership. So, so you're going to see a lot of lineups that look like this, right? Like why? Right, you get rid of this, get rid of that. This is too high owned. 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 This 158 liner may be fine, right? This one is kind of kind of in the middle, right? And you go down to this. This one is a little. I mean, maybe you could get away with this at 166, 148. Yeah, you get rid of this lineup. This 148 lineup. This list, this is probably pretty good, right? Similar range, 158, 148, right? Here's 166. It's a little too high. 159, maybe a little too high. 160, a little too high, right? 162, still too high. 156 is too high, too high based on the projection. This is high, too high based on the projection. I mean, like, dude, like once you get down to 137, that this this lineup may be okay, maybe. Still very low projected, right? Oh, I'd, I'd here's a 91 lineup, right? Here's, right, the Pirates lineup is only projected at 91 and still 113% owned, so like, this lineup just projects too low. So like you get rid of this, like by the time you're done by like actually looking at the lineups, like you, you, you're left with like three lineups that are like plus EV or at least possibly the, the, the other 17 lineups are likely not right. Because, because of clumping, because you, you, you're, you're just putting in exposures. You're not looking at the combinations of the actual players. 
in the lineups. You're just looking at the exposure going, oh, my exposures look good. I'm twice the field on this guy. I'm half the field on that guy. I'm three exit. Like, dude, none of that matters. All you're doing is describing the portfolio, right? You're not actually doing anything, right? You need to look at lineups, not players, okay? Now, one way to mitigate that issue is like, well, I'm going to cap ownership, right? I don't want lineups that are, that are, you still have your same exposures in there, right? And you go, well, my, I, I don't want a hundred, I want lineups that are less than 160% total, right? I want to get rid of those top lineups, right? Those lineups that are way too high owned. And then the bottom lineups that are too low projected, like I don't want anything lower than 120, right? Because that 113 lineup that projected for like 91 points or something, that's probably too low. So probably, Probably something somewhere around 120 is where, you know, the projection doesn't get so bad, right? So maybe you do, this is a blunt way of kind of doing this, right? Do you need three unique players? You don't even know what that means, right? Like, well, this is only just, to, uh, just means what's the diversity between your lineups. That's all that it means, right? Do you want more diversity or less diversity, right? Based on, based on your exposures, maybe you actually want more diversity. Maybe you want 5v5s. So you don't get Tyler O'Neill, Darlin Varshow, and everything like combined together. Maybe, maybe you put in that, oh, I want, I want a lot of Bassett, I want a lot of Varshow, I want a lot of Judge, I want a lot like, dude, once you want a lot of a couple of players, then obviously it's hard to build 5v5s when you're like, no, no, in my 20 lineups, I don't mind if like four or five of my players are kind of the same. If that's the case, if those are the lineups that you're looking to build then you probably can't use five unique players for lineup. You're more likely to have two unique players for lineup. Is there a right setting here? No, it just depends on how many what lineups you're building. You're building 40% Blue Jay stacks, right? So it's not, to get a 5v5 off of those lineups, it's pretty tough, right? If, you, if you're building eight of your lineups, Blue Jay stacks, and they have to be five players different from one another, when you're already using like five out of the nine of the Blue Jays to begin with. So probably if you use five unique players, you'd end up with your, your, your out of your eight Blue Jays lineups, like your seventh and eighth Blue Jay lineup probably look pretty bad, right? Because it's like, okay, here's a five-man stack Blue Jays. Okay, here's another five-man stack Blue Jays, but it got to have five different players in it. And then the third lineup has to have five different players from the other two lineups. Then the fourth lineup has to have five different players from the other three lineups. Then the fifth lineup has to have five different players from the other four lineups combined. And next thing you know, by the time you get to the, the last two Blue Jays lineups, you're playing Vince Velasquez and, you know, you know the ghost of Yogi Berra in your lineup or something. They're like some player that's not, like, like it, I can't find a way to get different in five by five players. So, like, if you're playing, like, oh, I'm playing a little this and a little that. And a little, like, if you're playing a lot of, of everything, then it's more likely that you could get five unique player diversity. And it's only the, which one is correct. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just depends on how much... How much diversity there is in your portfolio? That's it. There's no strategic. How? What's the What's the best amount of diversity? There's no such thing as best amount of diversity. Just how many lineups look the same as other lineups? That's it. That's all that matters. The E doesn't change the expected value of each lineup. So let's say I do put in, you know, I put in three, four, whatever, right? Do I want more than 100% of a of a hitter? Well, it's up to you. I mean, all these things are up to you. Uh, this, all it is is describing a portfolio. But now that I've capped ownership at 160 and 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 minned it at 120, maybe I'm I I'm less likely to get as much clumping. 
right? So let's run this 20 again with the same exposures, same everything that, you know, some random person put in because I think it's about settings and exposures. Okay. So now, now, okay, now we're only getting, we're only getting 15 Chris Bassett lineups, right? So we're getting Bassett low to low. <coughs> Do we even have any Bassett low to low lineups? Okay, so here, here's a Bassett low to low lineup. The two highest on pitchers. But it has the, it has the Yankees in it, right? Because in order to play the two highest owned pitchers together, probably you have to find leverage in your bats. And that's, once you get into this mid-range, right, you're getting a pirate, a Padre stack, right? These middle lineups look pretty good, right? Right, we're getting 159 at 103. Brewers stack, Kirk Casale, right? We take a look at some, some of, some of the, the, you know, the exposures, if you want to say, like Spencer Steer doesn't show up in any lineups anymore, right? 18% owned third baseman, right? You said max of 10. You didn't say that it has to be in anyone, right? Because in order to drop the ownership down to at least 160%, it's going to give you less of the less of the over-owned players, right? Unless you tell it you want, you, you need to have these people, Right? So now these lineups are much, much more, much more viable, right? You don't have a Brewers lineup that also has Steer, that also has Bassett and Lodo, that also has 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 Wilson Contreras in it. Like it, you don't have all this, the the chalkies. Like you don't have Dalton Varsho as a one off in this lineup. You don't have that. If you even take a look at the stacks, right? You're still getting. Look, your exposures on the stacks are like the same as the as the last build that we made. Look at your, your look at your pitcher exposures. Kind of the same. I mean, yes, you're getting a little bit less Bassett, but you're getting a lot of more Brita. I mean, Brita, I mean, you're kind of getting very your exposures on these players. Like you got Adamus, you got Jared, you got your forty percent Aaron Judge, right? You're pretty much getting right. You know, getting no more of twenty percent Montgomery. You're getting no more than 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 twenty five percent Lodolo. Like, but the lineups in and of themselves are much better. You may still get some clumping. Let's see at the bottom, right? 94 at 157. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, like this lineup is too high owned, right? Because you said a minimum of 120 and a maximum of 160. So if we start getting rid of some of these lineups that are too high owned, because this lineup is 159 ownership at 103 projection. It's like this lineup all the way down here. We go all the way down. Is You give up two points in ownership, but you're giving up. Look, look how much projection you're giving up. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like this 20th lineup sucks right? This 19th lineup sucks. Look how low this projection is for that ownership. Yeah, this is much better. 134. Okay. This is a little bit better. If you're going to give up, if you're going to give up you know, 10 points in projection or eight points in projection, you should, you should give up less ownership. This lineup would be fine. It's a Philly stack with Kerry Carpenter in it. And then you have Brito and Montgomery. You don't have either of the two chalkiest pitchers. It's like, okay, this, this one's doable, right? But these last two, probably not. Even though the exposures, the exposures, ooh, they all look the same, right? You can you can hand me your exposures. You can say, okay, here's 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 all of my exposures in my portfolio. Said I could I could build twenty lineups with your same exposures that, and my twenty lineups look no look completely different than yours. You'd look at the exposure and go, well, you have uh, eighty, you have forty percent Aaron Judge, you have. Uh, 45% Willie Adamas, you have 75%. Like, like, dude, you could like you could send this to me. And I could build 20 lineups that meet these exposures, let look nothing like yours. I mean, obviously the Blue Jay stacks will look something like some of your Blue Jay stacks if you're playing five on the team. But I could build lineups that look that have different ownerships for than that, that have are lower owned, higher owned. The combinations of them will look completely different, even though our exposures in lineup HQ would look exactly the same. So this is why, you know, I'm titling this exposure myths. That if you're going into lineup HQ and you're just building lineups in a builder based on exposures, I'm going to put it for any sport. It can be PGA, MMA, anything like that. It's like, oh, okay, I want 50% of this fighter. I want 10% of that fighter. I want 15% of this fighter. And you build 20 lineups. You know what's going to end up happening? Your first couple of lineups, well, all the fighters that you want a lot of are all going to be together. And then the and the and the and the fighters that you don't want that much of, they're all going to be together at the bottom. So like you don't have a mix of anything. You have lineups that are like completely contrarian and lineups that are way too chalky. And what do we talk about all the time of what do bad lineups look like? Where does the money come from? Where does the equity get seeded in contests and GPP contests by lineups that are either too high owned or too low projected? Optimizers, people that don't know how to use them. Mitigate that mean they they exacerbate this issue. There are tons of people that come here, use lineup HU and never never learn this. And they start building. They oh, I'll play 150 lineups, and it's like okay, go good luck. Go put in your magic settings that you think that that there's some answer to. Put in your exposures because you think that that's what matters. Never look at your actual lineups, right? And then throw them in, and then I could look at their 150 set. I mean, people have sent them in to me. Right, I've asked people, and people are like, oh, I'm, I'm 150-ing and the mini-max to practice or something. 
and I've been playing for two months, and it's just been it's been awful. Seems like, or or it seems like 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 I should have had that lineup that won, but I I didn't, and I don't know how. I had a lot of this, and I had a lot of that, and for whatever reason, they, they weren't together. So I'm like, okay, send me send me your 150 set, and I I look at the 150 set, and I go, yeah. I said maybe you got 50 good lineups in here. I said I'd say 100 of your lineups in here are are pretty bad, are either too high owned or too low projected. And they go and they go well, but I I got a lot of this and I got a lot. How come how come the the builder didn't put them together? It's like the builder's job isn't to put them together, just to adhere to your constraints. You have you have to go through and make sure that the lineups are the ones that you want to play. You don't start with exposure. You start with what do you want to do? What should these lineups look like? What should the ownership of certain projections look like? As an estimate, you have to do it exactly. I mean, that's what I did. I I went through and I said, okay, this looks pretty good. Like 150-ish at 103 looks pretty good. So if if I see a 150-ish at like 94, like, dude, that lineup, like, why why am I sacrificing so much projection? For the same ownership. Like, get rid of that lineup, right? The builder doesn't do that. It doesn't do that. You have to you have to go through and go, what is causing these lineups to be too high owned and what is causing these lineups to be too low projected? It may be your exposures. It may be like, oh, okay, these lineups project way too low. I need to play more Spencer Steer, right? To to gain more, to gain more projection. Right? I need to play more more Chris Bassett to gain more projection. I'm I'm not playing any of these chalky stacks. So you're more likely to be playing the chalky pitchers, right? They're more like you're more likely to be playing Bassett low to low lineups. If you say, "Hey, I'm just going to play. I'm going to slam the Reds chalk stacks," well, it's unlikely that you're going to be playing Bassett low to low combinations, right? To even that, even out the projection versus ownership. If you know that, now you're able to actually use the exposures to get the builder to build the lineups that you want, but you have to visualize that beforehand. You're not dealing with players. I want half. I want more than this. I want two times the field of that person. No, think of the lineups that you want. I don't. I. I don't want. I'm not going to play in my 20 lineup set. I'm not going to play red stacks. It's like okay, okay. So then you could go to the reds, right? You go to the reds, and you look based on like you know ownership and point per dollar. You go okay. If I don't play red stacks, I should expect though to still get. A lot of Spencer Steer, Tyler Stevenson, and Will Myers as one-offs, right? Because they project very well for the chalkiest stack. So do I want to do that? Maybe I X them out. I mean, it's like, do I, what What are my Blue Jays lineups going to look like? Like, well, the Blue Jays are going to be owned also. So maybe in my Blue Jays lineups, I maybe I shouldn't have Spencer Steer, right? Or maybe I shouldn't have low-to-low and Bassett together. So what does that lineup look like and what is its ownership? Right. So you build that lineup. So maybe you even you could visualize this, but maybe you build that lineup and you go, okay, what do my lineups kind of look like? All right. Let me go back. So I'm going to build, you know, just manually, right? Hand build, if you want to call it, you know, a Blue Jay stack. You know, I'm probably going to play Varsho, right? It's, it's going to be, you know, I mean, this is going to be a high owned stack also. Let's just say, you know, I have Varsho, I got Bo Bichette to fill a shortstop spot, Kirk. You know, because I want to fill like uh, the scarcer spots, right? Play Vlad and play Vlad and Springer, right? I don't even know if you could spend. I mean, this is an expensive stack, so maybe you can't even play Vlad. 
Or you can't play Springer, right? So you go here. You can play. You can play Kiermaier. B. Oh, Bijou's second base. Okay, beautiful. Fills the second base spot. So you see here. It's like okay. My lineup's going to kind of look like this, right? I'm going to play. I'm going to play Bassett, right? Maybe I don't play Lodolo because of ownership. So I'll play the the. Uh, but I probably need a cheaper pitcher, right? So I'm going to play Johnny Burrito at 7,700. I got 4,000 remaining player in here it's like hmm do i play steer i go to let's let's go to let's go to third base and see here it's like yeah steer steer projects point per dollar wise way higher right but ownership wise it's like well i could play like nick maiden or whatever well not against bassett play brian anderson he only projects for a little bit lower he's 3600 and he's on the what? Where, where, he's on the 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 Brewers or Jose Miranda, Brian Hayes. So maybe I play Brian Anderson here because I don't want to play Steer because Steer's ownership may be maybe too high. So I put Brian Anderson here. Let's see what other Milwaukee play. Maybe I could even make like three Milwaukee player stacks. Let's see what outfielders are in Milwaukee. What outfielders? I can play Weimer, right? He's cheap, thirty two hundred. Right, I got $6,200 left for a one-off. Or I could play Winker. He's the highest raw point, well, other than Yelich, I guess, at 4800 So Winker's 3200 I got 5300 left. Let's see. Well, let's, uh, let's take a look at outfield for, uh, for $5,300. let us see. All positions. All right, this would be like hand-building or something. Okay, we're looking at fantasy points. We got 5,300 to spend. I mean, we could just play Yelich. He's the, he's the highest projected one, right? Leave 500 on the table, right? And you look like this and you go, okay. And you look at the projection and the ownership and you go, okay, if this, if this is what I want my lineup to look like, right? It's like, I think this, if you think, it's like, oh, I think this is enough leverage for the ownership. I don't, I don't necessarily think so, truthfully in this case. But let's say you do. Let's say, let's say you're fine with this. Let's say you're fine with this lineup. You're like, I think this is a good trade-off in ownership and projection. Well, now you have the numbers here. Now it's like, okay, I want to build my lineups that are somewhere in the, you know, any lineup that's in the 150 range should be in like the 99-100 fantasy point range, right? Any lineup that's lower projected than this shouldn't be higher than 157, right? Are you like, I like this this range. Maybe maybe build up to 160 and see what the, what's there. So you know you're going to be building 20 lineups that are some that are somewhere between like 97 projection to 103 and somewhere between like 120 and 160, right? And you see it's like okay because I I identified a lineup that I believe has enough you know projection versus ownership that I was I would play right a five three it ends up being a five three lineup but it could be whatever. Then once you have this baseline, then it's like okay. Build lineups that are based on this. If it turns out that in order to build these level lineups, you have no Spencer Steer, that's fine. Or your Spencer Steer lineups have to be the, the lineups that don't have Bassett and Lodolo because in order to get to these numbers, like you can't have them together. Right? The builder won't build them together. But now that you have a baseline, you can make your lineups fit these variables. So you have something to compare it to. You're not doing this by, by exposures. You're seeing what, what, let me compare this lineup to the lineups that the builder is building. And if you know the, you if you know the, the, 
the characteristics of these lineups, it's easy to put in the exposures now. It's like, okay, well, I know that I can't have 75 plus percent of Bassett and 75 plus percent of Lolo and also play chalky Blue Jays because then the, the ownership is going to be too high. Right? So I know that my Blue Jays liners are probably not going to have both Bassett and Lolo in it, which means I can't have 75% exposure to both of them in 20 lineups. Right? I need to cap one of them. I need to cap both of them. I need to cap something. Because then the lineup builder will make too many lineups that are too high owned. You know what the lineups you're looking at is look like. And then you could go, okay, based on this, I'm most likely going to have less Spencer Steer. I'm most likely going to have less Dalton Varsho as a one-off. Right? Because I'm playing 40% Blue Jay stack. So maybe you even decide to put uh, Dalton Varsho and make it uh, click on only in stacks. Right? You're like, okay, Dalton Varsho is too high owned to be a one-off in another lineup. And I'm already playing Blue Jays. So like, if I'm playing 40% Blue Jays, then obviously I could cap Varsho at 40%, right? And only in stacks. Maybe I want him in all my stacks. I, do I want Darlin Varsho in all my... Well, if I just put in 40% min, he's going to end up in all my stacks. Why? I, I already put in the stacks page that 40% Blue Jays, right? And I click on the only in stacks button, which means Varsho can only appear in five-man stacks. So if I want him in all eight of my Blue Jay stacks, I would just match 40%, right? If I only want him in six out of eight of my Blue Jay stacks, I would set the max at 30%. Because the, the I'd already told the builder to build 40% Blue Jays, eight lineups out of 20. If I want, if I, for whatever reason, don't want to have all of my Blue Jay stacks at Varsho, which is up to you, if it's for, only for diversification purposes. Be like, well, I only want him in half my Blue Jay stack, so I'm just going to cap him at 20%. You're telling the builder what to do because you've already figured out what types of lineups that you want to make. If you want if you want Varsho in all your stack, then okay, then fine. Put him at minimum 40. Maybe you see through all this that, well, in order to play all this judge, I need to play a lot of X. Like the only way the judge fits into these lineups if I play this cheap player in some other position. So you know that their exposures are very related to one another. All of my, most of my judge lineups have, you know, this cheap catcher. And you notice that in your 20 lineups, like, oh, look, I built eight judge lineups and six out of six or seven out of the judge lineups have, you know, whatever $2,300 catcher. Yeah, because it's an expensive judge. So you know that they're, you're, you're, why are you, why am I getting so much of that cheap catcher? Yeah, you're getting so much because you're forcing the builder to build 35% Aaron Judge into your lineup and not, and the Yankees aren't coming up as much of a stack. So you, it's being used as a one off, right? You're understanding how lineups get built, why, how one thing affects the other. If I play this high owned stack, if I don't cap the ownership, it's going to just start jamming in the highest projected players and my ownership is going to be too high. If I cap, if I cap and set a max exposure on all the best projected plays, right? What I'm going to end up happening is that all of them are going to get clumped together in my first two lineups and I'm going to have none in the rest, right? So I'm going to have two cash lineups and then 18 like lineups that are 15 points lower projected, right? So how do I mitigate that? It's like, okay, what things go together? Well, if I play this stack and... And then you could set your exposures to tell the builder what types of lineups you want to build. 
right? And then once you get to that point, then you could worry about diversification. Then you could be like, okay, that's why a lot of times if I'm going to do like this and I want 20 lineups, I don't build 20 lineups. I build 100 lineups. I build 300 lineups, right? You could build 300 lineups in, in lineup HQ in one go. I'm only going to play 20, but maybe I go through all of this and go, well, I want to see 300. And then I pick the 20 that I want to play out of it. And I go and I build my diversification based on that. I go, okay, well, let me pick the, let, let me pick, let me pick the, the, the eight Blue Jay stacks that I want to play, right? Do I want all of our show? Do I want all the, do I, I pick one that has Bassett and Brito. Then I pick one that has Lodolo and Brito. Then I pick one that has Montgomery and Brito. Like if I want to be more diversified, then I'd be like, okay, let me see and which ones. And I check the ownership and the, and the, and the projection and go, is this a good projection for this ownership? Yes. Okay. Moving on. Is this a good ownership for this? Okay. Moving on. Is this a good one for the, if this one, oh, this one's way too high owned. Okay. Get rid of it. This one's way too low projected. Get rid of it. And then you build your, your 20, you, you, you pick your 20 lineups and you're good to go. And if it's like, okay, it looks, it looks like, looks like in me t- picking my 20, my 20 lineups that I have, uh, I have uh, 19 out of 20 Bassett lineups. It's like, does that mean like, oh, I'm three times the field? Like, it doesn't matter. It's just like those lineups are plus EV. Just that from a from a risk tolerance perspective, it's like, yeah, I on the on this specific slate, a lot of my risk is placed on Chris Bass. Strategically, it doesn't mean anything. Just okay. I just happen to play be playing 19 out of 20 plus EV lineups that have Chris Bassett. I could end up playing only one out of 20 lineups that have Chris Bassett. I mean, I could that those lineups may not be, they may not be. The lineups that those lineups that don't have Chris Bassett may are more likely to have Dalton Marshall may have more likely to have Spencer Steer in it, right? Because if you play a high on pitcher, you're probably not playing a high on one off. But if you're not playing a high on pitcher, you may be playing a play high on one off. So like they're all they're all related to one another. But you don't get you don't get to this by just like I'm just gonna just put in magic settings that I don't understand, right? That are the build rules are, these are all diversification settings. They're not strategic settings at all, right? And then put in exposures as if like, well, I'm going to play, Chris Yelich is 11% on, I'm going to be 22% because I want to be double the field. Like that doesn't mean, dude, you could you build 300 lineups and they could all look horrible, right? Or more likely when you build 300 lineups, the top 40 are too high owned and the bottom 40 are horribly projected. You're probably choosing somewhere in the middle, but if you're not doing that, you're you're clumping. Your exposures look good to you, but your lineups are awful, or more most of your lineups, a good portion of your lineups are awful. And then you get into those situations where someone emails me their their 150 set. I said, okay, I see what you're doing wrong. It's like, yeah, the reason why you didn't have like, dude, I played a lot of this and I played a lot of that. And the winning lineup had a lot, had both of those things. And had, how did I play 150 lineups and not have that combination? I said, dude, in your 150 lineups, you actually had very little of that combination. You go, well, how is that possible? I had 30% of this team and 30% of that team. How come they weren't in a, you know, a 5-3 or a 4-4 four, four together with one another? It's like, yeah, because you apparently you wanted to have a lot of like an 11K pitcher, Right. Like you wanted to have a lot of whatever, Jacob deGrom or Max Scherzer or something. And although you had more, you had you were over the field on this 8K pitcher, because you were playing 50% of Max Scherzer at 11K, those two teams couldn't fit together in those types of lineups. 
right? Because of salary or something, position. So you met, you had much less of them. And that was because you wanted a lot of that. You had a lot of that pitcher. It's like, yeah, well, that, he was the best pitcher on the slate. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't in the winning lineup, right? Because he was too expensive for how many points he got. You needed the, the 8K pitcher, right? If you played the 8K pitcher in those lineups, right, then you, it would have been more likely you got that got to that combination. But but you wanted to have twice the field of Max Scherzer. It's like, yeah, but I wanted my, yeah. And that, and that's the reason why you didn't have the comedy. You, you, you play, you, you played twice the field of both of these two stacks and you never had, you barely had them in lineups together. It's because of this other thing, right? This is what happens when you don't look at lineups. You just consider players. I want more of this. I want less than that. I want half of it. Like, dude, the players don't matter. The lineups matter. Dude, I can, I can, I can build lineups in lineup HQ and you can take away the player names. You can take away the lineup lineup names and just show me the fantasy points and the ownership and, and maybe the, the team, right? The team stack or something like that. And then I can just do that. I could just say, look, okay, I'm going to build 20 lineups at, at, at a range of, of this ownership and this fantasy points. So it's like, just give me 20 of those. What combination of the players do you want? It's like, I make it so that, that my variance is, is, is lower than is this amount, which means I want like no more than four of any stack. I don't want more than half of any pitcher, right? Just so I have some diversity. And then never tell me what the teams are. Never tell me what the pitchers are. And all you have to do is show me the projection number and the ownership number of every, of all 20 lineups. And if I go, if I look at the projection and, uh, and ownership of all 20 lineups, I didn't look at any of the players. And I look and I say, okay, these lines, these lines, uh, give me 50 and I'll choose 20. And I'll look at the 50 and I go, okay, I'll take some from here. I'll take some from here. I'll take this one. This one looks too low projected. This one looks too high on. I'm not even looking at players. I'm just looking at two numbers. I'm just literally looking at fantasy points, you know, median fantasy points and the projected ownership total. That's it. That's it. Then you want to play lineups that aren't too high owned and turn too low projected that have correlation in them. There you go. And if I, it turns out that I have 60% of Kyle Schwarber, then so be it. Okay. Unless there's some, some reason I don't want to risk 60% of my lineups on Kyle Schwarber, then I'll choose other one. I'll go, okay, get rid of one Kyle Schwarber lineup. Give me some other random lineup. Oh, it doesn't have Kyle Schwarber. And okay. So now I have 55% of Kyle Schwarber. So I have a, I, my risk on him goes down. The lineup, each line, the lineup that I swapped out are both same expected value. It's just a matter of like, like stock, it's like a stock portfolio. Do I want 20 of 20 different stocks or do I want 20 times of one stock? Like over the long run, it may not matter. The short run, the variance will be higher. So that's the that's that's the myths of exposure. Exposure is just a representation of the diversification of your portfolio. That's it. Now, if you're if you're building plus EV lineups, you're more likely to have more exposure to under-owned players and less likely to have in a, and, and have less exposure to over-owned players. Because if you're judging it based on projection versus ownership, let's say Aaron Judge was going to be 90% owned this slate for whatever reason. I mean, he's not. Like, he would be way too high owned for him. Yeah, he's the yes, He's the highest projected outfielder, 10.45. But should he be like nine times the ownership of like Juan Soto, who's only 0.2 projection points lower? Or Christian Yelich, who's only one point, per, like, no, he shouldn't be. So if you were building based on projection versus ownership, like, you're probably not going to get much 
Aaron Judge because he's way over-owned. And if Aaron Judge was 1% owned, you'd find that, wow, I don't have to give up much ownership at all to get this high of a projection. Yeah, because Aaron Judge is only 1% owned. He's going to be in a lot of your lineups, right? He's going to end up in a lot of your lineups. I don't have to set... If, if Aaron Judge was 1% owned, I don't have to set a minute. Oh, I want 35%. I only want 70%. Like, no. I want as much as I could make positive EV lineups with him. And then I have to determine that is, is he so under-owned that I don't mind having 100% risk on Aaron Judge on this slate? Is he so under-owned? And that's a risk tolerant question. There's no there's no correct answer to that. You may be, you know, maybe you're playing too too high of a bank. You're playing too much of your bank. Or he's like, I don't really want to risk, you know, all my lineups with Aaron Judge. Maybe 15 out of 20. And it's like, okay, so the, the don't play five Aaron Judge lineups, right? Find ones that have similar projection versus ownership proportions that don't have Aaron Judge in. That's it. And whatever your exposure is, that you could change the exposures of your portfolio. You could build 300 lineups and say, Wow, I don't want, I don't want, uh, 80% of the lives that came up have this guy in it, and I don't want that much of that guy, right? Okay, so start picking lineups out of the 300 that don't have that guy in it, right? And I'm, pick whatever ones you want that fit the right projection versus ownership level. The more the more likely to be right, the range that you feel that's what, and how do you how do you know what range it is? Well, build a lineup that you think has the right projection and, and leverage with the correlation. Build one, hand build one, right? Or you could run 300, or you could use the tools at Theory of DFS with the Excel tools and use the portfolio trimmer. So I'm just gonna, I'm, you could build you in the portfolio trimmer, you could, uh, you could make 300 at a time in lineup HQ and, and import like 6,000. You wanna run this 20 times with different levels of ownership and everything, and then cut and paste them all into the portfolio trimmer, then press the smart trim button in the portfolio trimmer. Wait 15, 20 seconds, and it'll eliminate all the lineups that are too high owned and too low projected for you. And then next thing you know, out of 6,000 lineups, you're down to, uh, you know, 112. It's like, okay, these 112 have the right, have, have at least the proportion. The, the bottom are still going to be too, probably for the contest that you're playing, too low projected. And the ones at the top will probably still be too high owned. And then he's like, okay, out of these 112, let me trim, trim the bottom 20. Let me trim the top 20. And now I have, you know, now I have 60 lineups to choose from. I need to choose 20 of these. And then based on your risk tolerance, choose whatever 20 you want. There you go. Well, welcome to DFF. This is, this is, it's not about players. It's about lineups. Uh, any questions in the YouTube chat before we get out of here for the weekend? Remember, programming note, no show tomorrow. I'll be on MMA Crunch Time. Remember, Saturday. 45 minutes before slate time. ANS Comedy says, the more I listen to Jordan speak, the more I wish I could have my wasted time back worrying about the stuff that doesn't matter in my early DFS days. Yes, I, I'm i the same way, right? Been playing since 2015, right? Plenty of stuff that I did in 2015, 16, 17, 18. Dude, stuff that I did two years ago. Stuff that I did last year. Be like, okay, that that really doesn't matter that much either. Okay, well, that eliminates twenty minutes of time, right? <laughs> like, like, like you get further and further, and you just get get gets like, and it's it's a byproduct of like subscribing to a site like Roto Grinders, right? Getting the bat projections for MLB, right? Getting our tools, right? Line the lineup HQ, getting the theory of DFS Excel tools. Like, all I'm doing is just speeding everything up. 
It's like, oh, I'm getting rid of all the stuff that really doesn't matter. It's either, either the work is done for you or there's 8 million lineups that you could play. They're all about the same. And it's just like, ah, oh, I could randomly choose 20. It's like, why am I, why am I spending an hour debating on, do I have 5% of this guy or 10% of that guy? Like whatever it is, whatever it comes out to. As long, as long as, as long as they're profitable lineups, I don't mind. Right. I don't have to get down into the weeds as much. So getting, getting all these tools, that's, that's what, that's what makes it. And everything's done for you, especially the player, the player based stuff. That's why I say it's about lineups, not players. Dude, everything that you could look at when it comes to players are in the projections already, right? So, well, it, well, it's 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 twelve mile an hour wind, and right, like it's already in there. All that stuff is in there. All, all you're doing right now, what you should be doing, is just arranging numbers better than other people. And especially when 30 percent of people are doing a, making ridiculous mistakes, making awful mistakes in your contests, like you don't have to be perfect. Right? You just don't make those mistakes. Simply not making those mistakes covers your rake. Right? It covers the rake in the contest by just not making those mistakes that other people are making. That 20, you know, 15 to 20% of the field is making. At that point, now it's just a matter of, yeah, yeah, maybe my lineups have a higher expected value than yours. Maybe they do. Doesn't mean your lineups don't have positive expected value. They just have less positive expected. It's still profitable lineup. It's just a little less profitable than my lineup. Right, your goal in the beginning is just just get get to be building lineups that in the long run you will profit from, and then worry at that point of making them a little bit better, a little bit better, and a little bit better. Right, comparing it to 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 sharper players and go, oh, okay, they played they played more of this and less of that and more of that, and you go, oh, okay, I see what types of lineups that they were building. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. And some people play more risky portfolios. Some people play much more, you know, balanced portfolios. Some people play very conservative portfolios. But individually, most of the lineups in their portfolio are, are positive expected value. Robert Gall says, the one thing that drives me nuts is when people use projections and then they talk about why they like guys in XYZ weather or match and as if it's not accounted for. Right, exactly. It's time they, what's the, why are you spending your time on that? Be unless you want to, unless you find it fun, right? I, dude, if you want to, if you want to, want to spend five hours, you know, analyzing, you know, pitch data that either is doesn't matter or is already accounted for in projections, and you enjoy doing that, I'm fine. That's I enjoy watching, you know, a good series on Netflix. I mean, I could it. The difference between you doing that and me watching Netflix from a profitability standpoint in DFS isn't isn't different, right? If anything, I. I, looking into stuff for five hours only increases the chance that I accidentally subconsciously double count it and do redundant stuff and it biases everything. So I'm much more likely to just show for a slate 15 minutes beforehand, not knowing anything and just looking at the numbers and just building lineups. Just go, okay, I'm going to build 10 lineups. Dim, dim, done three minutes. I'm on, I'm on to something else, right? Much more likely to do that. You got questions, I got answers. Email them in, questions at theoryofdfs.com. So you got any questions about the tools, DFS game theory, MLB, NFL, MMA, PGA, anything. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's pretty much all the same. There are nuances in different sports. But uh, email them in. That's what I answer on these shows. Get the theory of daily fantasy sports. If you if you want a structured environment of learning, I go over all these concepts in, in, in order in a logical order for you to learn 
Theory Daily Fantasy Sports for uh, How to Think Like a Professional DFS Player, 15-hour audio masterclass. Then after that, you should listen to the first one first. Then you get a 10-chapter advanced players course, How to Apply Profitable DFS Strategies for Advanced Players, which includes the custom Excel tools that James McCool developed and the ones that I use. I, I eat my own dog food, okay? Oh, what optimizer do you use? I use line of base. What projections do you use? I use the bat projections. Like what, what, how, how do you compare lineups to one another? I use my Excel tools. I, I use all this. I'm showing you exactly what it is. Am I the best DFS player in the world? No, there are more, there are more precise methodologies to building lineups, right? Like nerdy tenders always here, right? He's throwing stuff into his supercomputer and having it crunch, whatever the hell it crunches. It does whatever it does. It learns it, it's, it's chat GPT. He throws it into Artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah. If you you could if you could do if you could do that, you could program stuff. Sure. Sure. There are much there are pr- more precise ways, more likely to get higher EV lineups. But with the fact that 15, 20, 25, 30% of the lineups in your contests in GPPs are lineups that are too high owned or too low projected, like dude, as long as you don't make those mistakes, your your lineup should be profitable. In the long run, as long as you build, as long as you don't make those mistakes and build those lineups, and then survive variance, manage your bankroll and survive variance. That's it. That's that's DFS. That's DFS for you. Once we get to the point where we don't have 15, 20, 25% of people building bad lineups, then we got a problem. Now, now we have, now we have to fight for those, those like, well, the difference between my lineup CV and your lineup CV is the difference between profitability and not profitability. Then we have to deal with that. At that point, maybe we stop playing DFS, but right, we're relying on the fact that you know the rake is already covered, right? We're it's almost like we're free rolling because the rake is already covered by the lineups that have that have, are seeding so much equity that they don't win. They don't win anywhere close to enough that you know they're they're losing double, triple, quadruple the rake, right? So they're 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 paying for everything. So just don't don't build those lineups, and, and you'll you'll be fine. You'll be competitive. Wata says my process is down to 15 minutes per site. I don't even look before 6.30. Right. And he binked the Minimax yesterday. You don't have to make it as complicated as, as it looks. You just have to, you just have to understand and grasp what game that you're playing. Right. You're not playing a game of like, I know sports better than others. Right. You're not even playing. You're not even playing a game of I can build a better lineup than other people. You're not even, I can build the best lineup. It's like, no, I was like, all I'm going to do is not build the bad lineups. It's very similar to poker. Very, very, you know, classic poker quote is that most of your profit does not come in the brilliance of your own play, but in the mistakes of others. So you, you, you simply make most of your money in poker from like not rate, not, not calling three bets with nine, five offsuit, right? That's how you, you make that's how you make most of your money by when you you have you have ace queen suit and you raise and someone with 10 seven offsuit calls. Like that's so when, when you bet with top pair and someone with a gut shot calls a one and a half size pot raise on the turn. Like that's that's where you make your money from. By not making those you're in those situations, you'd be folding. Right? That's where most of the money gets made. So it's the same thing in DFS. That is the game that you're playing. How do you exploit your opponents who are building bad lineups? 
don't build those bad ones. So hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs. Give me the thummy thumbs. Give me the subscribes. Give me the notification bells to know to know when uh, we go live. We got uh, MLB stuff today. We got uh, PGA stuff. We got MMA stuff. Sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. You get all the tools here at Roto Grinders, all the projections. Uh, so click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And I will see you Monday. Right? No show tomorrow. I'll see you Monday. Answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do here, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.